Kowalski pulled down the line. Pesky pole, leaping up, and that ball is gone, that's a home run. A lot of our Nesson team as well, high fly down the right field line, headed toward the Pesky pole, that one tucked in, and that ball is going to be against the wall, and in the second base, number retired, and now Rafael Devers trying to retire that baseball, inside the Pesky pole. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. I'm your host, The Rit. With me is the OG, George Sutherland. George, it's been a while, man. How the hell are you? Good. I'm back off off the road. My month-long vacation officially ended a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, you know, it's it's good to be home. Uh, started on a new venture personally. Uh, and, you know, getting into that fairly well so you know it's good before we go any further i want to say happy thanksgiving uh to you uh you know it's that that time of year so yeah i i, I sit there and uh tomorrow is is the big holiday i'm not doing mine until friday but you know happy thanksgiving to you george also and also the wife yes so and to, your, and to your special and to your special lady as well. So, but uh, man, it's 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 World Series is over. The uh, the off season has begun, and this has been quite an unusual off season. I've got to say, George, uh, a lot of non tenders so far, and I can't remember a season past when there has been this many players non-tendered yeah i mean uh, the one that caught me was woodruff okay and we talk, you know we talked about him you know multiple times as being a target for the red sox you know we float you floated the idea of a package deal with him mm-hmm. with him and burns which would have been outstanding you know he he's hurt he has surgery uh and then they say well you know we're going to cut you loose uh, you know, a team that signs him, it's kind, of, it's kind of like a Paxton deal. You don't expect anything out of him in 24, but boy, what a nice pickup in 25. But yeah, that just shocked me. I mean, I, you know, there was, some, there was some usual suspects. Yeah, a lot of guys, I think, I think teams are paring down payroll. I think that they're, uh, they're, they're going towards youth movements. Um, mm-hmm. There were, there were, there were a couple of no surprises like Volosong and for the Mets, right? You know, uh, you know, other than sitting on the bench and taking up space, you know, his, his best days are at the, is, are at the buffet table, but yeah. Know. So, uh, let, let's start, let's start with the, uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals, yeah. you know, the, the, they went out and signed two starting pitchers, uh, one year with a team option for each one. Yeah. They signed two right-handed pitchers, Lance Lynn, <laughs> And uh, Kyle Gibson. So, uh, well, what did you think of, of, about that? Uh, I I seen people you know, tweeting out of man, are, are they trying to do what the Red Sox did last year? Just go cheap on starting pitchers like uh, when we got Paxton and Kluber. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, what were your thoughts on that? I, I'm not surprised by Lance Lynn. You know, it's kind of a return home. Gibson was a bit of a surprise. I. 
And I was like, okay, you know, if it works out, it's 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 a you know, it's a pretty savvy move. You know, the Cardinals stunk up the joint. I mean, you know, going into the last season, you know, you, you kind of expect them to be up near the top. You know, they're just the kind of club that they have, they have they have you know some talent there, but they they really had nothing, and they 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 really had a bad season. Um, the Lynn signing, yeah, you know, maybe coming home again will get them squared away. And uh, you know, the Gibson thing, I that's a low risk, high reward signing, I think, for them. Um, you know, he's not going to be a Cy Young candidate, but you know, certainly, you know, he'll he'll slot in probably a three four for them. So, yeah. Uh... Uh, I was a little surprised that the Cardinals, with their rotation they have, uh, they were 29th last year on mm-hmm. a swing and a misses. And th- those two signings aren't going to really help you that much with that either. So it, it's it, it's kind of, uh, you know, like you said earlier, low risk, high reward uh, with them. And, but you, you know that they're going to be durable. Like, they, yeah. they, they know how to sit there and pitch, you know, 36 and 37 years old. So they have plenty of uh, major league experience under their belt. And that should definitely help out the Cardinals, you know, a little bit in that division, especially with the Brewers rebuilding, mm-hmm. uh, the Reds coming coming on a little bit stronger. And then those Cubs, like that, those Cubs in the offseason with the rumors flying around. So, uh the, the Cardinals had to get in there and and get uh get signing right away. Yeah, and they they, they really struggled with pitching as well. So to bring known quantities, older, yeah, but you know what? If they're trying to develop young pitching and you have two veteran starters on your staff that can kind of impart their wisdom, that that's not a bad thing either. So yeah, like I said, low risk, high reward, and you know maybe they can find themselves again for a season or two. So that's. Uh, a pretty decent move. You know, not a shattering, yeah. but it, it's okay. Uh, next up, the Braves signed mm-hmm. uh, right-handed pitcher Reynaldo Lopez. Yeah. Three years, $30 million. Uh, You know, he, he was also a, a good prospect with the Nationals and the White Sox. Uh, yeah. he, he was a – he settled into a relief role. But rumor has it Braves are going to try to stretch him out uh, for spring training. So what did you think about Lopez uh, signing with the Braves there? I thought it was a good move by them. Uh, he's got a good, he, he's got a good arm. He, uh, as he said, he went to the bullpen, but I think he still has the capability of being a starting pitcher. He has good stuff. Uh, I think the, I think the Braves with that move, um, you know, are making smart decisions about what they're going to do in terms of pitching. They have the luxury of doing so. I, the, the big thing with them was, you know, win a hundred games, but they didn't. They didn't go anywhere in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. you know, they 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 said, "Oh, so we're going to invest in the young arm, and you know, ten million dollars. That's a steal for somebody with, you know, his yeah. his stuff." So, I think. So, but the other move by them, I don't know if you're going to bring this one up, but yep. the, the Aaron yeah. Bummer move. I, you know, they were doing a little house cleaning by sending him five players, but. There, you know, we talked about him, I believe, at the trade deadline about trying to pry him loose. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, bummer to come to the Red Sox. Say, kid, you know, he's got an arm. He didn't have a great season this year, but quite frankly, anybody who played for the White Sox, they were horrible. And I think they were still suffering from the Tony Lalusa hangover. 
So I think getting out of Chicago is going to be really good for him. And if he comes back to form, their bullpen is going to be nasty. Yeah, uh, I, I sit there and, and we'll touch more base on it in a little bit. But I, I got to agree with you with, with Bummer. Uh, and I do think that the Braves were – because a lot of those people, I think were, some of them were on the 40-man roster. So they were just right. clearing up roster spots for them. Right. So uh, next up, let's talk about the Dombrowski setting the stage early. Yeah. With signing Aaron Nola, seven years, $172 million. Uh, people sit there and there are being reports. Ivy heard also he had turned down many offers of more money to stay in the city of brotherly love. I have said it on numerous times talking to people that were Phillies fans that Man, Aaron Nola is going to be that type of guy to give you a hometown discount to stay there. And what a discount it was. So, George, uh, what were your thoughts besides uh, going to the old chalkboard, crossing Aaron Nola off the wish list, (laughs) and seeing that he signed with the Philadelphia Phillies? I wasn't surprised. Um, I mean – he, he he seemed to indicate straight along that he liked pitching in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, you saw him in the playoffs. He got really stoked when you know he went on to the mound. It's like, you know that 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 park is his. That that fan base is his. Um, I'm surprised that Dombrowski got it done early, but Dela Dave is a shrewd guy, and um, you know he probably said to him, "Look, here, here it is." This is, my, this is my best and final. I, I want to keep you. You want to stay here. Do you really want to go through the song and dance that's going to go up through the winter meetings? Both parties agreed. Dabrowski set the price, though. So anybody coming afterwards, you know, they've got a stack on top of them. Brilliant move by him. Okay. Um, yeah, he's he 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 loves he loves where he plays and you know, there's a lot to be said for that. It's, you know, there's no different than anybody else who has a job. If you like what you're doing, you know, somebody may come up and offer you more money, but say, I'm happy where I am. Uh, and from what I understand, there, there was some, there was some serious offers he turned down too. Like yeah, one of the, who was somebody, it was at the Mets in the National League East offered him close to 30. I've heard a bunch of stuff. And uh, it's uh, like, about, you know, I've heard a bunch of, a bunch of things. Uh, but 24 and a half mil, you know, that that's, you know, for, for him to be as durable as he is consistent as he is, you know, it's, it's a steal, you know, and he, he had a 4.46 ERA, uh, this past season, but you know, he's, he's a durable workhorse and he will be sitting there, uh, being in the city of Philadelphia for, you know, the next seven years. So, Will that be able to, you know, for him to finish his career there? He, he could. He could. Yeah. No, good so, move by Dombrowski. Yeah. I, I, what do you think that does for the rest of the starting pitchers? Montgomery, Snell, Yamamoto. You know, right now Dombrowski says, okay, 25, 24.5. We're gonna say twenty-five mil. Uh, that's the floor per year. That, that's that's the 
the groundwork. Now, yep. what do you think? Where you know, is it going to change some of the other uh, projections or teams, or do you think they're they're still going to go out and try to overspend to get the best pitcher? I think that by setting a salary at twenty four five, I think you set the floor. Okay, Noel Noel is a start is an established starter, and then you go out and look at what's left. Um, you know Montgomery Snell, um, you know next tier down, you know Strowman, uh, Erod, uh, you know guys like that. It. You know their agents are like licking their chops, going, "Thank you, Dave. You know you just made it made it better." Yamamoto, you know, when the three of us were together recently, we we got in, and my guess was somewhere between, I think I said twenty four to twenty eight. I still think that's 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 Yamamoto's price. Um, as good as he is, there's still going to be that little bit of hesitation that he hasn't pitched in MLB, but he's certainly got the stuff. But I think it's good. I think it's really good news, uh, you know, for Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell. Uh, those, they, you know, now that they're they're going to be in the 25, 26 range, probably. Yeah. Uh, so they like I said, their agents are looking at the chops, going, "Thank you." Uh, so, you know, smart move by by Dave. He's still got money to play with, and. You know, everybody else is going to dig a little deeper in their pocket. But, yeah, I think it's going to have a big effect on, on that. What it does to the next tier down, I'm not really sure. Does it take the price that you would have normally put, paid for an E-Rod to the same way, like a 16 or 17, push it up a little bit? I don't know. But it's certainly for the top tier pitchers, it's it's going to put bump that up a little. You know, and, and you know, every million dollars adds up so that, you know, mm -hmm. th that move prevents you from taking another move. So – Exactly. And and with Yamamoto, guys, you can't sit there and forget what he signs for the contract. Then you take that number and Buffalo gets a percentage of that that you have to yes. pay them also for a, for a posting price. Right. Same thing. So, the same thing with Yoshida, right? It's that's that's that that's like the tip on top of the on top of the bill, right? Yeah, it's going to cost you this and now there's a finder's fee or a tip on top of it. So yeah, it's an expensive, it's an expensive uh, proposition. So, you know, he's going to get six, seven years at, let's say, twenty-eight million. Mm -hmm. You know, that's uh, that's two hundred million dollars right there, and then on top of whatever that is, you got to write a check to uh, the Oryx Buffaloes for, you know, being able to poach him. So, yeah, uh, good Next up, let's let's retalk uh, and visit the White Sox trade left-handed pitcher Aaron Bummer to the Braves. The White Sox receive right-handed pitcher Mike Soraka, mm -hmm. who who recent like a couple of years ago he was he was like right up there as one of their top right. prospects. Uh, left-handed pitcher Jaron Schutzer. Infielder Nicky Lopez, infielder Braden Shoemake, and right-handed pitcher Riley Goins. That was uh, a surprise that they included the to me that they included Goins in that deal. I thought that they were they were they thought highly of him. So, um, yeah, I, I, I said that's a that's a brilliant move by the Braves. Change of scenery should do him 
wonders and you know a left-handed arm that you know can fire and uh yeah i i I said he was on my he was on my want list back in July. So you know, kudos to the Braves for making that happen. I think I think yeah. it's it's a brilliant move by the Braves. Early on, get it done. Nobody saw it coming. Okay, and you know that solidifies their bullpen in a big way. You know, because they already have Minter and you know a couple of others. So th- this is this is this is good move. This is yeah. Hats hats off to the front office there. So next up, uh, the Brewers trade outfielder Mark Canna to the Tigers. And the Brewers, in return, receive minor league pitcher Blake Holbud. Holub? Holub. Yeah, I don't know how you pronounce his name, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's – what were your thought, thoughts on that one? You know, the, the Brewers, like, like we said, are uh, they're cleaning the house. They're, they're, they're trying to – rebuild and they're getting rid of uh, pretty much all the uh the older guys they can think of yeah i i think they're trying to get younger um you know when they sent crane council packing i think they knew some of the vets on the team were probably going to be less than uh, less than thrilled with a rebuild um you know it, it gives you hope that that burns is available you know when they when they unloaded Woodruff and then doing you know they're starting to let the veterans go. Uh, yeah, this is a this is a rebuild uh, if I've ever seen one, but that they they haven't thrown the towel in yet. I think I think they 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 gave the signal last year in the like with the negotiations with Burns and they were you know really getting chintzy with him at the end and you know the the whole falling out. I think they were trying to get one more year from that core, that core group of people that they thought that they had that could do good things, but it didn't work out. So I, I, I expect they're gonna, you know, they, they're gonna take a couple of steps back and try to rebuild again. Yeah, let's uh, let's see. Yeah, it's one of the that's one of the transactions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, acquired third base Suarez from Seattle and they get in return Carlos Vargas and a catcher Selby yep. Zavala yep so what, what, what were your thoughts on on Arizona uh beefing up their base yeah I think um they, they look they, they, this is they're at the stage of now with their the, 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 this is the tweak portion of their build, you know. They've got you know, they got the good core. They've got some good young players. Now you bring in somebody like where they they thought they were a little little weak. You know, this, this is the tweak. This is the tweaking of the roster, and um, I think it says more about Seattle than anything else. Uh, you know, where what are they doing? You know, I I I don't know. Are they are they Willing to take a step back because they think they that they need uh, their minor league needs to bolster their team. You know, Teoscar Hernandez is going to you know, as a free agent. Uh, you know, what, where 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 are their heads at? I don't know. This is a good tweak move by Hazen. You know, brings mm-hmm. you know pretty good third baseman to them. You know, without breaking the bank. Yeah, uh, Brewers acquiring outfielders from the Yankees. <laughs> 
and it's not one of the ones that should be gone. Uh, they get Jake <laughs> Bowers from the Yankees for minor league outfielders, uh, Avina and Brian Sanchez. So, uh, well, what what do you think of of the move? Uh, the Brewers are are they're kind of doing what Hein Bloom did last trade uh, trade deadline, mm-hmm. selling and buying at the at the exact same time. So, I I think that the Yankees, and I, we touched on this a couple of times before, is that their organization's a mess, and I think they're bringing trying to bring in some more athletic players. Um, you know, they didn't get the memo that baseball changed, and you know they're still swinging from the heels. Uh, I I think it's 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 part of the you know their realignment internally, at, particularly in the minor league level, to have players that aren't you know uh, stereotypical Yankee type you know you know swing and let it fly. Uh, so I think Cashman's under pressure to do something, and you know, yeah, it's a it, it's it, that was more for the Yankees than it was for the for the Brewers, quite frankly. So, uh, when I seen that trade, one of the Georgia first thing that I actually thought of was, are the Yankees because because it was it was they gave away Bowers for pretty much. He, he was he was no no real big thing on their roster to mm-hmm. get back two prospects. Are they possibly building more prospects to possibly land a big trade for uh, Juan Soto? It's possible, but you know the Yankees are, the Yankees are a money strap too. Mm-hmm. You no. Know, well, uh, uh, the, the, according to, uh, they're they're not they're they're, they're saying they're going to go out and get Soto. They're going to be in on on you know Yamamoto. Like they, they can't. They can't. I mean, they still got Giancarlo Stanton on there. You know, uh, you got the big Stan, boy, the, the judge. Big boy, yeah, you know, judge. He's getting paid, right? Call um, down. Yeah, I mean, you've got – they got some serious payroll issues. So, you know, what are they trying to do? Uh, out, out Steve Cohen, Steve Cohen on the other side of town? I mean, you know, uh, I, I think that – I think that's just blowing smoke on Cashman's part. Um, I, I, I don't see it. I I mean, they might they, – they can probably afford to get Soto, but what do they have to do else to their roster to maybe decimate it even more? And they got whole they got holes, you know. They 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 showed that. I mean, they only finished like three or four games above the Red Sox, and they just again they didn't get the memo that baseball changed in the last in the last year. So they you know, they they haven't have at it. Yeah, they they're, they're hamstrung by their generosity and payroll. So I, I, unless they unless they totally clean house at a discount, but they're still probably going to have to. If they try to do that, they're still going to have to carry some of that money. So again, yeah. that that hamstrings you too. So I am so so happy. On one hand, I just wanted the Red Sox to sign somebody. Mm-hmm. When Stanton was a free agent, or or no no when he was able to be traded. And mm-hmm. I, I was like, please, br- bring him here. I am so glad now, looking back. No. 
that that we did not bring him in. Uh, he's hasn't been healthy fully. He just on the field, and and, no. you know, they, and Cashman as much as said so. You know they got to they get him on the field. What do you play? What do you play this year? Ninety six games, or something? It was. I, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's played a hundred games. Uh, no, as a Yankee, yeah, ever. You know. But, yeah, I mean, he's got all the power and stuff in the world, but he's you know he he's he's like a piece of glass with his body. So, I, I it's it's too bad because he, you know if he could put a whole season together, good heavens, I can't even imagine what his numbers would be. But yeah, yeah. So uh, next up, Paul De De DeJong. Paul DeJong, yeah. Yep, signed to uh, pending a physical. He's a White Sox. So. Uh, that that was somebody that that you know I was yeah. looking at possibly could come to the Red Sox for for a, a, a cheap deal uh, yeah. to help Bill, but then I was like, is he better than what we have? You know what I mean? Uh, a veteran guy doesn't have a lot of baggage that goes with it. Um, you know, he's Tim Anderson's replacement over there, right? So you know, Anderson's going to go, and somebody's going to somebody's going to grab him. I don't think the Red Sox will. I think Anderson's, you know, all he's got talent and everything, but I, I think he's a little bit of a head case. Uh, but yeah, that's that, that's, you know, my my name is you know Dejong and I'm, I'm I'm here for Tim Anderson. That's what it should say in the back of his jersey. But what did you think? About Otani, pretty like he didn't say it, but his agent did. Any leaks because he's having private meetings, mm -hmm. which and my my thing, I think that is completely stupid. You know, private meetings. But if any leaks happen, it's gonna affect affect and weigh on his decision. You know, he, Shohei Otani has the right, given who he, given the, the player he is and what he means to baseball, to demand radio silence. Um, you know, it's, he, he, he understands that, you know, there's a giant magnifying glass on him. Um, he knows who he is. He knows he's, you know, when fully healthy, he's the best player in baseball. Uh but yeah, how how long? You know, how many teams can travel light? Compound that with every beat reporter for every paper and media outlet in sports is going to try to get somebody to slip up. Okay, the other thing you can hope for is that you know somebody does it for teams like the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers, and San Diego, so that and and everybody in Boston behaves. Don't see that happening, but you know, if he's that serious about it, I don't blame him. You know, he's he he wants to see how well uh, the teams can control the message. Smart move on his part. You know? Yeah, uh, I, I I don't like it just because uh, it 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 shows you where uh, Otani's head is. You know, is is he only going to meet with big market teams? You know, is he only going to meet with Midwest to West Coast teams? 
you know, uh, say he signs with the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Did the Red Sox ever ha- have a meeting with him? Did they have a chance to to bring him to Boston? You know what I mean? It, it it's just I, I don't like I, I don't like the being in the dark. But then again, Otani's a, a very private guy, mm-hmm. you know. So that that is something that you know he he like you said he he commands respect, and yeah. he he want he he doesn't want his life to be a circus. And and I think that you hit it in the head. He doesn't want his life to be a circus. He enjoys his privacy. All right. And if you know discussions get out, you know what's the next step in there? You know, you know, people. It's kind of like a you know a Hollywood A-list actor getting the paparazzi in their face twenty four seven. You know, he want you know he wants to be able to step away from the game. You know, in his in his off time. And be away from it, and not have to, you know, you know, a thousand cameras around him. He expects it at the ballpark, but you know, when he gets back to wherever he lives, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I, I, as an individual, I can get that. You can bother me all the day you want and work, but you know, when I have family time, I want family time. So, it, so, uh, let's go, George. Do, do you have the list of uh, non-tender players by chance for the Red Sox? Uh, just overall, no. From, I, from I, I I talked about um, I, I mentioned it uh, a little bit in my uh, it, my Sunday call. Say, say if you can pull pull some of them up, uh, I let, let's start with Woodruff. You know, you you touched base on him earlier, and the first thing I thought of was give him two years with a player option. So you're looking at a not player option, team option. You're looking at essentially three years, ten million a year, and if he mm-hmm. could come back in 2025 after the surgery, yep. heck, even late 2024 to make a playoff run with us, mm-hmm. that would be fantastic and a steal. Oh yeah, for for ten million a year. And then, and then, if he if he's as good, you know, coming off the surgery, give him give him that play, uh, team option, you know, J- just like uh, the Braves with Charlie Morton, they offered uh, they picked up his team option, you know, yeah. Morton Morton's Morton's one of those pitchers that he just he stays good, you know. Yeah, he's a pro. You know, you know, he he's you know, like I said not going to be a Cy Young candidate, but you know, he he's he's somebody you want in your staff. Okay, he's he eats innings, he pitches well, he knows how to pitch in big games. You know, professional through and through. I have the list here. Um, okay, you, you want to go uh, start going over some of them with us? Sure. Um, yeah, the Braves. Uh, you know, Yanni Chirinos. You know, was kind of a surprise for them. You know, he he done some things. Uh, the Brewers. Uh, you know, we said uh, Brandon Woodruff, Rowdy Tellez. Uh, what else? Uh, D-backs, Kyle Lewis. I, I thought he did a good job for them, but they they cut him loose. Um, I 
I'm walking through. Uh, Padres ties with Austin Nola. Organization guy. Yeah, I, I was sitting there. I was looking at it, and uh, Mike Carista, who's the co-host of the Pesky Party Hour, you know, yeah. he, he made he made mention of you know what do most, if not all, of the players that were non-tendered have in common? A ridiculously low batting average, <laughs> like. Like Austin Nola, great defensive catcher, but he had no bat whatsoever. He couldn't hit his weight. No. And yeah. it's, it's, it's absolutely horrible. Uh, those Padres have a lot to sit there and figure out this yeah. offseason. Like, they, re they really do. They, they, they realized that, just like I said last year in the World Baseball Classic, uh, when the Dominican Republic was on paper the powerhouse to beat mm -hmm. with their lineup, but you got to be able to play together on paper. Yeah. Those Padres are vicious Machado, Tatis, Soto, Xander, but then, you know, then you look at them and they can't. They can't all play on the same page at the same time. Um. Yeah, and then you have a GM that is apparently abrasive as all get out, and uh, you know they they got they have a new manager now. So, uh, yeah, the, the, that is an island of misfit toys, and I don't, and not for the players themselves, but it's like. There's something in the culture there, and I think they—I think what it was—is the owner who just passed. I think he was trying so hard to get a a winning team to you know be a World Series victory that he threw caution in the wind, threw all kinds of money at it, mm -hmm. and it didn't pan out for him. So I think they're having to you know unwind some of that. Uh, but they got they got some hefty contracts, and that's why I think Soto's Soto's the one that's gone because he's he's a UFA next after next season, and they they simply can't afford him based on what they got on the payroll. And then they have to talk about you know moving guys like Xander around, you know. So I don't know how yeah, that's going to uh, play. I I don't have any idea. Like they're already we're talking about putting Xander where at third base. Um, second base. Second they, base. They, they, yeah, they, they were trying to well, move first. him off. You know, often it's like, dude, like, why'd you even sign him then? Oh, they, they got so many shortstops; it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, you know. so, but yeah, it, it's it's so far it's it's not as slow uh, off season so far as you know most people would sit there and think. You know, we do have Aaron Nola off the board early. I was disappointed in that. Uh, deep down, I thought he was going to get give them the hometown discount, and he did. Mm -hmm. uh, I was under the impression that Nola was high on their uh, list, along with Jordan Montgomery. Uh, but, man, you can't – just like you said earlier, money doesn't buy happiness, and if he's happy in Philly – you could offer that man three hundred million, and he he wasn't going to leave, right? Um, 
for some players, it's not about the money. You know, they, they want to get paid what they're worth, but they're, will, they're willing to stay. And, and Nola proved that. And, and you know what? I respect him for that. I really do. I mean, you know, he could have been, you know, holding off with the very last time. He didn't. He said, you know, I got a good thing going here. Um, you know, Philadelphia is a tough town to play in, you know, and he's he's kind of riding the wave right now. If he goes a little bit south, you know, Phil is one of those towns that will chew you up as well, uh, you know, like New York and Boston. So, um, yeah, I give him a lot of credit. You know, he's a man of his word. I, he didn't. It's not about the money to him. It's about, you know, do I enjoy being in the area or do I enjoy playing for in front of a, a crowd that appreciates baseball? Yeah, so good for him. Yeah, not only that, I think he sees Dombrowski's vision there. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he sees the pieces that he, that he's put together around, you know. Uh, he, he's, he sees that, that they're competitive every year, mm-hmm. you know. Th- th- they were one way, uh, one win away from the World Series this year. So uh, why sit there and give up something that you've helped so hard to make it what it was and what it is, you know? Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's a key piece to that, so. Well, what, one thing that I I was watching in, uh, a video with uh, Pedro Martinez, and they were interviewing him, and they were talking to Pedro, and he, he was very honest. He goes, do you think I wanted to leave Boston? He goes, no. He goes, but I knew my worth. He's like, they knew I loved and wanted to be in Boston so bad that they devalued him where he had to go somewhere else. And I'm and I sit there and thought about that. And and he went on to, and was saying how now I'm just paraphrasing how it was don't ever, ever tell the opposition how much or how bad you want to stay there. And how bad and how much you love it there, because they will take advantage of it. Right. Um, you know, it's not just true in baseball; it's true in business too. Uh, yeah. You know, you you, it's a, you give up a bargaining chip, uh, but baseball is full of histories of guys that you know took hometown discounts and then, you know they get. They, you know, they get they get worked over later in their career, um, but some guys, I said, you know, some, I said some guys, you know, money isn't everything, and you know, that's fine too. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, the Pedro case was, you know, everybody knew what he was, and you know, knew he had another he had another pitcher who was extremely fragile. I mean, you know, he he, he was always good for a little bit of an arm issue here here and there. And there was the famous, you know, after 104 pitchers thing in 2003, they got him in trouble. So, you know, he, he was, you know, for remember, he's he was a skinny guy and he didn't have the, the frame of like a Nolan Ryan or Roger Clemens, you know, big mm-hmm. kind of like stocky, thick legs, you know, he, he a wiry guy. And so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's right. I mean, you lose your bargaining position. Uh, but you know that's twenty years ago almost. So what are you gonna do? Yeah. So what what are your thoughts going into you know winter weekend coming up? 
or or the winter meetings, winter meetings coming up. I the winter meetings mm -hmm. generally are a time when some of the big action happens. Okay, um, I think that Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, uh, will probably sign uh, the Yamamoto thing. He's going his party his group, if you 40, will, or his handlers. They got 45 uh, days, but they've indicated that nothing's going to happen until after the winter meetings. Um, I think that's more of a, a play than anything else. Uh, they'll entertain the high rollers first uh, and, and try to play them off each other. Um, I would expect, I wouldn't be surprised if in the winter meetings that, you know, Snell and Montgomery, Erod, and Stroman are gone off the starting pitching group. I wouldn't be surprised if Corbin Burns is traded and Juan Soto is traded. Okay, that would be a pretty full set of winter meetings. All right. Yeah, the, the winter meetings, December 4th to the 7th. 7th, correct. In wonderful Nashville, Tennessee. So, I think that that'll be the the fireworks will come out of there. And I, I leaving Nashville, I, I I see perhaps two, maybe three to four days later, Yamamoto gets a stage by himself, and he makes you no, know, he makes his decision. You know, where where am I going to go? Um, and then and only then does Otani step in and say, "Here's where I'm going." Yeah. Um, Dark horse candidate to be traded in the winter meetings or just afterwards will be Mike Trout. Oh, that's your dark horse? That's my dark horse. My dark horse, I said it during our trade deadline <laughs> show, and I'm saying it again. Arenado. That's my that's my dark horse. Yeah. Hey. So he he's a prime candidate, but I, I my dark horse is still Mike Trout. I think he's I, I I think that he may have seen everything in front of him and gone. I'm I'm done with the Moreno clown show, and I think Dodgers make a play for him. I said yeah. that if, and think, think I think everybody's happy and and ready to get rid of to get out of uh, Anaheim. So George, hmm. uh, yeah. And any final thoughts you want to sit there and talk about? Yeah, I mean, um, the last thing that I think is important to talk about is that the Red Sox, you know, finally have a pitching coach in Andrew Bailey. Yes. And, um, it, you know, if you remember back when we were talking to Crawley about it, uh, you know, we all agreed that he's going to go find out somebody he's comfortable with in his play and, and maybe had played with before. Um, I didn't think of Bailey on – you know, in the first stop, but then as I, afterwards I started looking at it, and then I realized that they had not only pitched for the Red Sox together, but also pitched in Oakland together. They have a, you know, a common thought process, but from what I understand, they, they challenge each other too, which, which is good. Um, you know, Bailey did a good job with the Giants as a pitching coach. So, you know, he's got, he's got some track record there. He's a young guy. He's, what, 39? Um, mm -hmm. You know, young guy, smart guy. He's, he's demonstrated that. Um, I think that's a, that's a good pickup, you know, as a pitching coach for the Red Sox. I think it's a smart move. And, again, as Breslow begins to put his team together and put his stamp on it, you'll begin to see a type of individual 
that will become apparent with certain skill sets. So this is the really his first move. He inherited a bunch of guys in the front office. Uh, he, this is, you know, this is this is his first. This is my guy. Okay, so yeah, I think that's important, I, and I like the signing. You know, he's he's a, you know he's a he's a bright young baseball guy, which is which is key. So I like it. Yeah, I, I sit there and I love it. Uh, Bailey, his track record, like you said, in San Fran, is great. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious and wanting to sit there and see what uh, he what we'll be able to sit there and do with our guys because you know everybody's different. So I am really excited for it. But what uh, uh, what else I'm excited for is George since since you've been going up and down the East Coast on a road trip, uh, <laughs> we've expanded. You know, know. we're growing. Uh, We actually, I created a Boston brand, Boston Sports Entertainment Network. Uh, We've got ourselves. We've got our our sister podcast, the Pesky Party Hour. That's a YouTube exclusive. Mm -hmm. Not only that, we are we just picked up a Patriots podcast, the Foxborough Fellows podcast. Uh, My good friend Pete Collins and Marlon Crawford. He's awesome. uh, they sit there and they host the show. They uh, check them out. They're also on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, great podcast for the Patriots. Uh, we're working in the wings on a Celtics podcast coming up. And then last but not least, we're going to be getting those Boston Bruins because the Celtics and the Bruins are both on lightning starts. So, guys, yeah. make sure you sit there and follow our YouTube. We switched it over from the Pesky Podcast YouTube to the Boston Sports Entertainment Network podcast. So also, Black Friday deals are coming. 25, Joe, I see you, George, that twinkle in your eye. 25% off all merchandise in our in our store. So you guys are going to sit there and check it out. We just released our barbecue set, and we just released our hot cocoa mugs. Both so, are very, both are very nice. The hot cocoa one is is very, very, the, very, that very nice. Is one, that's a big, yeah. big cup too. That's, you know. I, that, that, I, I saw it, and as I said to you, when, when you sent when you sent me the link, and I was like, that's nice, and you know, Deb loved it too. So, yeah, that's really that that's very nice, and the barbecue thing is pretty good too. So, I, you know, those are so, very, very nice items. So, so guys, make sure you head on over there uh, and and check them out. But until next time. He is the OG. I am the Rit. And thanks for checking us out on the Pesky Podcast.